This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Forever Mighty. Not the post-game show, but the prospect show. We're back, Eddie, talking about, obviously, the prospects and uh, trying not to bury the lead here, but Max Jones makes an appearance in the show, which everyone, I'm sure, is excited to hear about. He spent a long time with us, which was very kind to him, really cool of him coming on. Uh, we're going to talk about like most of the big-name prospects in the system, from goalies, defensemen to forwards. Um, definitely going to give you guys a little bit of a preview here before the draft coming up and, obviously, training camp here down the road. And then we'll talk a little bit of NHL, but uh, it's good to be back, Eddie. It is good to be back. It's nice. I mean, it's been a while. It feels like now we, we promised extra content. We've been trying to figure out stuff to talk about, sets things up. And, you know, what a way to get back uh, with a prospect show. And then we get an interview with Max Jones, which was great. And, and you guys will hear later in the show. But it, it's nice. It's nice to be back. Nice to talk some Ducks hockey, obviously, with not, not a lot going on and the playoffs going on. But it, it's good to be back. It took some breathing time. I know I threw that poll out there asking if they wanted to hear from us and a lot of people said wait till october those were ducks fans i imagine um i said wait till october because painful way to go out but we got a lot of hope and uh, a lot of future here in anaheim uh, with these guys coming up through the ranks and uh you want to go ahead and dig in man let's you want to start with goaltenders i I feel like that's the best place to start we'll go crease out you know the way you uh the way a lot of teams used to be built but hey hey now we're um forgetting one thing Uh, we're oh, you're killing me. We're forgetting. I even put it in bold. <laughs> we're for, we're for, now this 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 is back from the post game show too, where oh it is yeah. <laughs> where we for, we're forgetting the intro again. So we, <laughs> I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here. Oh uh, yeah, just but no, you just backed me, just backed uh, over the bus or backed me, you know, with the bus and ran me over. So I understand. Let's get the intro going, then we'll talk goaltending. Again by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry. Scoop. Corey Perry. Ilya able to shake away from Solani. It's given away to Solani. Around the front. Score! Damon Solani with the steal. Three All right, now now we can uh, <laughs> now we can get started into to goaltenders and into our show. We've got the interview yeah. under our belt. And we're good to go. As I peel myself off the asphalt that I just uh, got crushed <laughs> by a bus over. Um, forgetting the intro, man. I don't know what it is. It's like three times. I'm just gonna say you're three just times, excited. You're and excited I'll leave to get into the show. You're ready to go. You just wanna want to get into to these uh, prospect overviews. I know you're super excited about them, so let's get going. Oh, yeah, man. No, I want to I want to uh, <laughs> dig into these guys right here. We got to look to the tree here with this Ducks team that's looking to replenish uh, some of these top-end guys, so we got to check out who's coming up in the system. But as I was saying, starting from the crease out, which uh, is what you do if you, don't, if you don't draft an amazing center, which is what a lot of people in the league try to do, 
Um, we get started here with Garrett Metcalf. He's kind of a little deeper in the system. I mean, people, some people know Ollie Erickson Eck, but uh, Garrett Metcalf uh, hasn't seen any time in the uh, AHL. He's a young guy playing NCAA. What, what do we have to look forward to from Garrett? Uh, you know, I don't want to say there's, there's not a lot to, to look forward to in goalies. It's harder, I think, to really come out and judge them. I, I mean, you can find a guy in the sixth round who ends up being a starter in the, in the NHL, and it takes some time for these guys to develop. The, the interesting thing, I think, for for Garrett Metcalf is that the last recorded season that he has any playing time is 2016-17 with UMass Lowell, and I know we looked this up before the show, but uh, he ended up transferring from UMass over to Mercyhurst University. Um, and they don't they listed him as not having any playing time for Mercyhurst yet last year. So we'll see if he gets some playing time this year. It's 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 kinda hard to judge the guy. I mean he was drafted in twenty fifteen, he saw four games in twenty sixteen seventeen, transferred last year and didn't see any games, so we really haven't seen much of him since the draft. So it'll be interesting to see his development this year. You'll get a really good idea of what he's been doing uh for his development if he ends up getting in some games this year with Mercyhurst. Yeah, no, we'll have to see where he goes from there. I mean, he's a big guy, six foot four, says he moves laterally very well for a goalie his size, which is promising. That was a scouting report back on him uh, in last September. But obviously with him not playing, it's interesting, interesting to see where he comes up in the ranks. Um, more notable, we saw him in camp last year. Ollie, Ollie Erickson Eck um, has come in and played um, in the system. He's, he's a big guy as well. I think that... Um, He's probably got the most promise, I would say, out of the Ducks goaltending prospects to come on up at some point and play with the club in, in the future. I mean, I'm not in Ducks organization at the big club level, but um, he's definitely got some seasoning. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, the Ducks aren't really in a need for anybody to get up and you know jump up into the system right away. I think of the ones they have, like you said, Ole Eriksson Act is, is a guy that you would expect to be the closest out of the two that we have listed here in um, in Garrett Metcalf and, and Ole Erickson. Of course, there's some guys in San Diego as well that some people are excited about, but I think it's the guy that has the most promise. I, I believe he made the World Junior team for Sweden, didn't end up playing, but he got that experience and was playing there, and he, and he had a pretty decent season this year as well in, in the Super Elite uh, in, in the Swedish, uh, sorry, in Sweden, you know, he had some pretty good numbers. Ended up playing 17 games and 9.24 save percentage, uh, a 2.01 goals against average. So that's pretty good. And he continued that into the playoffs and played pretty well for them. So it's good to have another guy coming up. I, you know, fifth round pick in, in 2017. You know, they wanted to get another goalie into the system after Freddie left. You know, Gibby is the guy for the future and the guy for now, essentially as well, right? But it's always nice to have that other guy coming up that you have a little bit of, of hope for and hope that he can jump into the starters role down the road if he has to. Yeah, and you talked a little bit about the guys in San Diego. No need to, to deep dive on, on those guys there, but you got Angus Redman and Kevin Boyle, obviously the, the goaltender down with the goals. So obviously there's some competition coming around. But on to defensemen. Um, obviously this is the Ducks' bread and butter. I mean, everyone knows that this is the, the, the core of defensemen that Randy Carlisle and and Bob Murray loves so much. Um, start off with a lesser-known guy, uh, Steve Ruggiero. And I don't know a ton about him. Eddie, what, what have we got to look forward to with uh, with Steve? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, the Ducks have been known for producing defensemen, of course. Uh, I mean, with Montour and, and Theodore being the most prominent guys recently, of course, Hampus Lindholm, Cam Fowler. So you always look to their defensemen and hope that some guy's a diamond in the rough. But, you know, Ruggiero was a, a six-round pick back in 2015. Um, 
you know, it, it's tough to find uh, regular NHLers down that, that low in the draft, but he, he's been, you know, a solid player for uh, in the NCAA so far. Spent a couple seasons in Providence. Uh, last year he ended up playing 17 games with Lake Superior State. So uh, he's, not a, he's not a guy who's going to put up points. He, he's more of a stay-at-home kind of guy. He's a big guy at 6'3", 216, so he's kind of that stay-at-home defense first guy but no, he, he's looked good I've seen I've seen a couple highlights from his games I haven't been able to watch in the NCAA games but I saw a couple highlights from him at Lake Superior State and he did he just looks like that stay at home rugged type of defenseman and it's nice to have a guy like that in the system really because we talked about all season how Josh Manson really is only that type of guy that they have I guess you could say Kevin Bieksa was that type of guy as well now I'm not I don't know if he's eventually going to be able to take the step up to the to the NHL but it's always nice to have a mix of those type of guys. Of course, the Ducks have the mobile guys on the blue line right now with Lindholm and Fowler and Montour. Um, so it's nice to be able to draft these guys and hope eventually that you know that he can make the step up to the NHL. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with a guy sitting back in the AHL, honestly. I mean, right now you yeah. got guys down there with Jacob Megna, Jacob Larson, Steve Oleski. Um, you got defensemen there that, that can uh, come up. You even got Andy Walensky that saw some playing time. And Marcus Patterson's from that same core of, uh, of outstanding draft picks. So there's some guys coming up in the ranks ahead of these guys. And, and you know, he's 21 years old. You kind of feel like if he was going to blow anyone's skirt up, he would have done it by now. And you would already have heard of him. But that doesn't mean that he can't play in the AHL and be a contributor in the Ducks system. Um, moving on to Matthew Berkovitz, another guy that I don't think a lot of people know about. But he's more of the offensive type of defenseman. Um, he had to spend a lot of time in the USHL. Um, do you know anything about this guy, or is it somebody kind of low on the radar as well? Yeah, I think he's another guy that's that's kind of low on the radar. And, I, and again, I, I think you know he's done pretty well with Green Bay in the USHL, and and it's not an easy league to play in. You know, there are guys that you look to that dominated in that league that end up playing very well in the NHL. Uh, and it's a league that people are starting to look to more for producing talent. Uh, I mean, the most notable guy that comes to mind for me is Eli Tolvin, who was drafted 30th overall by Nashville last year, and he was tearing up the USHL went over to the KHL toward up there and he had some some time with Nashville at the end of the season so it's a league that that teams are starting to look more at it kind of reminds me of the CHL um, in Canada and now that's kind of like their type of league over there in the U.S. but you know he, he's put up some good numbers and what you look for in a prospect is just continued improvement I mean you look at his first season in the USHL 20 games no points put up four assists um, with the team that he got traded to in Green Bay after that had 10 points in 52 games uh, in 2015-16. And then last year, he put up, uh, or sorry, the, the year before that, he put up 25 points in 53 games. So you're seeing continued progression. He's getting used to the league. He's putting up more points. He, he's you know, getting a little bit more comfortable, and you look for that. So, you know, he is 22 now, so he I, he's on the cusp of really not being a prospect anymore in my eyes. I, I really look for guys under 21 as, as prospects in the system. But, you know, he's a former fifth overall pick. He has a chance. Uh, I would like to see more of him. I hope he uh, he ends up getting a shot in the AHL eventually. Um, it, it says here he spent uh, his NCAA last year uh, with the Army of the U.S. Military Academy. So it'll be interesting to see uh, his progression after this. Um, hopefully he ends up getting a shot. Like you said, it, it's never a bad thing if a guy does only make it up to the AHL. At least then you can see his transition into pro hockey. So it'll be interesting to see if he's more of a points guy if he gets that to that point or if he kind of regresses and he's more of a two-way guy. And then another guy that uh, I think people have uh, more or less heard of, Josh Mahura, than we have of the last two guys. Uh, he's an offensive guy. He plays, or he's, he played uh, last season with the uh, Regina Pats. 
before that with the Red Deer Rebels. Um, he's definitely an offense defenseman. He had a hell of a season last year, 22 goals, 47 assists. Um, that's a lot of points for a guy playing on D. Yeah. So this is a solid prospect for the Ducks. Um, I expect them to be looking to see if he can make a big step forward here. Uh, looks like all, sign, all signs will be that he's with the goals, right? Obviously, it's where he's, he's probably going to land. So we'll see if we get another prospect out of, uh, out, of, out of the draft defensively that works out for Randy Carlisle and Bob Murray. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a guy who probably should have gone higher in the draft. He ended up going in the third round, 85th overall to Anaheim. But he, he had an injury-plagued uh, season in 2015-2016. He only ended up playing two games. And, I mean, he ended up going into playoffs playing 17. The games only picked up four points. I think that hurt his draft stock because he was a guy that everybody was, a, was pretty high on going into. I think he was projected around top end, middle of the second round. Uh, and then he fell off. I mean, you're going to fall off if you really only play two regular season games, right? Nobody's seen a lot of you. They don't know if the, the progression is there. Uh, but the Ducks are, are the benefactors of that. You know, he came out the, the season after that and had a great season splitting between Red Deer and Regina where he put up 53 points uh, in the 70-plus the games he played there and just lit it up in the playoffs with Regina playing 21 uh, 21 points in 23 games. And like you said last year, just another step forward was what you look for. Uh, with the 69 points, 22 goals in 60 games. So just a great season for him. And he's playing tonight in the Memorial Cup for Regina against Hamilton to open up. Regina's the host, so it'll be interesting to get some, some more eyes on him and see how he can do in a big tournament like that. But you know, this is a guy that, that's going to be interesting to watch in San Diego. He's probably up there, in my eyes, with Jakob Larson as guys that I'm, I'm looking to, to see a lot and, and a lot of progression from next year in the Ducks system. Because he's a guy that could miss step. I, I think, like I said, he, he was a little bit underrated in the fact that he was drafted in the third round. I thought he could go higher. Uh, and I think he's a guy that if he doesn't take a step up to the Ducks next year, whether it be a call-up or, or whatnot, I think he probably spends the whole year in San Diego. And then maybe we see more of him in the following season after that. So let's talk about Jacob Larson. That's the next guy on the list. I mean, wasn't everyone clamoring for this guy? Uh, towards the end of the duck season to come up and make an appearance when the injuries were going around. Everyone's floating around Bieksa and Boschman and commenting on their play. And we end up getting uh, Marcus Pedersen. And it was just a, mis- a, a mixed match and mishmash, I guess, with players on that third pair. And we never got to see Jakob Larson. He was, he was not called up. Um, this is somebody the Ducks were really, really high on. Um, how do you feel about it? I mean, we all know he's, he's not an offensive threat. He's more of a, def- a defensive defenseman, more or less. But is this somebody the Ducks should still look to to possibly bring up in the future? Or do you think we kind of would know what we're getting now? And it's kind of just strange that they were so high on him if he's not going to make that transition. Yeah, I think, I think it's interesting. I mean, he didn't have a bad season in San Diego. He put up 16 points in 50 games, and he was a plus 12. And, and I mean, he's, he's a two-way guy. He's a smart two-way defenseman. He's, he's a great skater. Uh, he reads the game well. He's, he's a very good passer of the puck. And I think... You know, I, I, I want to see more of him. You know, like I said, I watched a couple of games he played for San Diego, and some games he, he looked very good, and other games not that he looked bad, but you didn't notice him as much, which I guess as a defenseman, especially two-way one, is pretty good. But he was a guy that a lot of people were high on for good reason. I mean, he was a, a first-round pick in 2015, uh, a guy that you, you would have expected already at 21, or just turning 21, to, to be in the lineup already. Uh, we saw that, I think it was a nine-game stint for him in Anaheim um, in 2016. Or sorry, four-game stint in Anaheim in 2016-17 where he looked pretty good. Uh, I mean, he looked like he was ready at least or close to being ready to make the step forward. We ended up going back to Sweden. And we all thought, well, he's definitely going to be 
a guy that gets some time right at the beginning of the season, and it didn't happen. And then we saw other guys get called up, and Magna and Walensky and Pedersen, and we're all sitting here like, well, what's the issue then? You know, we didn't not having a bad season, and then he's just not getting a call up. So that's the thing that concerns me a bit is we just don't know what's wrong, and, and there, there must be some reason they're not calling him up. Whether they just want him to get more seasoning down in the AHL, that would be the the thing I guess we would all hope for is that it's not some other issue that they're worried about, but. He's still a guy that has a lot of promise. If I'm looking at the Ducks defenseman that they have coming up, I feel like he's the, the most likely guy to, to make the jump up and probably have a more successful career than other guys. Josh Maher, I think, is right behind him. But there, there's still more to come from Jack Larson. And I would love love to see him get a start on the Ducks roster out of training camp because I think he deserves it. And it would be great to see him fill in a bottom-pairing role and really thrive. Yeah, I mean, that's something we were all waiting for, man. We'll see if that happens, uh, like you were saying, at, at training camp, if he's going to be able to to at least make the opening roster and play a few games just to kind of test and see what's going on because, you know, the Ducks have uh, a hole there on defense or two. We'll see what happens, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. Um, let's shift gears a little bit and go over to our forward section. Well, again, we'll start off with some of the lesser-known guys in the system, but uh, let's, let's go ahead and top it off with uh, Tyler Soy. Uh, I've heard of him before, mostly because of you, <laughs> because I just, I mean, you get, you were so deep in these prospects compared to me, but it was interesting reading through these guys and just finding out who's actually in the system. You're kind of like just really enlightening, really like, oh, okay, that's where that guy's at. Um, he had an outstanding year last year, Eddie, with the Victoria Royals and the WHL, um, 92 points. Where is this guy? We need offense. Is this something that the Ducks should be looking at uh, in the future to, to, to see if he's going to be able to make it up to the show? I mean, he's 21 years old. We haven't really heard a lot of him with the goals. He had a little bit of a stint there. But uh, what, do we got, what do we got here with Tyler Soy? Yeah, I don't want to put a damper on his season uh, because it was a great season. 92 points in 66 games is great no matter what. But um, you see this a lot from, from overage players. Uh, in, in Canadian in the Canadian Hockey League, whether it be the OHL, the QMJHL, or the WHL, where they they tend to put up a lot of points, and and you know there are guys who are in the NHL who've done that. Uh, Joseph Landisi, who's in the Ducks system, was a guy who put up a ton of points for Barry in his overage season because they were very good. He played with Kevin LeBanc, who also put up over a hundred points in his overage OHL season. You see it often, and it doesn't you know it looks great, and you're like, oh god, this guy's put up 92 points in junior. He's going to come up, and he, you know he's going to light it up in the AHL, and he's a He's going to be a guy that's going to do well in the NHL. And that's, that's not necessarily true. And I, again, I don't want to harp on him because he, he had a great season. It's just usually you want to see this from a guy earlier on. And then, you know, you can see it, it, it's kind of similar to transitions there. And he's been good with Victoria pretty much all five years that he's been there. Um, and you've seen continued progression throughout. So that's always a good thing. It's just I don't know where he's going to go from here. I, I need to see more of him, I think, in, in with San Diego. He only played two games with there in 2016-17. Um, didn't pick up any points, but it's a small sample size in two games. So I, I'm really interested to see if he does get a shot with San Diego this year. I think that will give me a better idea of what the type of player he is because he is a guy who can put up points. Like you said, the Ducks need guys who can put up points. He is a goal scorer, uh, and he is a guy who – has some adept passing skills as well but you know it's seventh round pick so it, it's a toss-up really and what you're going to see it it really all comes down to can he transition that success he's had in the whl with victoria into san diego and then we'll get a better idea of if that's going to really make if he's able to make the jump up to the ducks eventually let's talk about kyle olsen somebody who i have not heard of in the duck system so it was, it was nice to look him up and and 
for me, the same thing with Tyler. So I didn't know who he was either. So this has all been enlightening to me. Um, not a lot of buzz around the, around him, not, not to knock on him either, but he's played last uh, few seasons with the Tri-City Americans and the WHL. Not a, not a giant point guy, especially to Tyler Soy. But uh, what kind of game and what can we expect out of uh, out of Kyle here? I mean, he's only 19, so obviously some room for growth. But uh, where do you see him in this Ducks organization? Yeah, I think you know he was a, a good pick to have a, a, in the fourth round back in uh, in 2017. He's more of a two way guy, and he hasn't really been playing. Uh, he hasn't really been playing first line minutes because he's been on a, a, some pretty good Tri City teams, especially this year. They they made a decent run in the playoffs. Uh, and, he, and I think he battled with injuries this year, only played 36 games. But, you know, he's more of a, a two-way guy. He still puts up some points, obviously, in, in his full season before this last one. He had 57 points in 72 games, 20 goals. So, you know, it's not bad in junior. And uh, he was on pace to get around that this year, close to it. And then he really stepped his game up in the playoffs, getting six points in 10 games. And he's, he's playing like a secondary second line third line type of guy in the whl and, he, and he's still being productive so that's always nice to see um, i'm interested to see if he gets a bigger role with tri-city with tri-city next year um, he should be going back for his overage season uh, and and will have a bigger role to play on that team whether it be first line or second line minutes and if they're going to make another run um, at a whl championship he should be a big part of that I, I think that will be interesting to see if he could really step his game up if he ends up being you know, close to a point per game and the defense doesn't fall off, then I think that will be interesting to see. But as a fourth-round pick, you, you always hold some promise. And I think, you know, we'll get a better idea next year. And then after that, if he, he makes the jump up to San Diego, what he can really do. But I think he projects more as a winger. He has played center at times with Tri-City, but he's probably more of a winger long-term. We got another uh, pick here from the Ducks back in 2017, round three, 91st overall, Jack Bedini. Uh, unsigned, uh, ended up playing for Harvard University last season, 10 goals, 7 assists. He's a centerman, 20 years old. Where does he fit around here? This is another guy that obviously not been in the, in the organization long term, obviously still in college. Um, is he somebody that uh, we can kind of see to come up in the system? Or are, these, are these guys mostly just maybe people, and like we said, nothing wrong with it to kind of fill out the goal system? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, it's always interesting that the USHL and NCAA route because uh, – these guys, the NCAA, you look at it and the guy, oh, he only had 17 points in 33 games. Well, in the NCAA, that's not necessarily that bad. Uh, I mean, there, there's only some special players you can put up over a point per game or over a point per game in the NCAA. So uh, you you got to take that with a grain of salt and really look at the competition the guys they're playing against. Some of the, these guys in the NCAA have played in the CHL before. They've played in other leagues, and now they're going over to college and, and you know trying to get an education there while also playing some hockey and maybe getting a last shot coming over to the NHL and there's there are some great prospects and great players in the NCAA so you know the, the interesting thing for me is I believe he got uh, invited to the selection camp or the trial camp for the world juniors which was great to see from him I mean he's a third round pick and maybe not a guy you would expect with all the talent they have in the U.S. system to really get a shot at, at going to the world juniors obviously he didn't end up making the team but for good reason I mean I, the Ch- Chicago Steel I believe when he was drafted they had one the championship in the USHL, which always helps the guys draft stock when you're coming off a championship. So I think that helped him in that case. But still, you know, he's a guy that has some promise. Again, he's more of a, a two-way guy, but he is a goal scorer. He put up 28 goals in, in 59 games with Chicago. Then he put up 10 goals and seven assists with Harvard and the NCAA next, uh, last year. So 
for me, again, it's becoming a cliche, cliche at this point, but it's what you look for in prospects is some progression and some improvement. So he should be back, I would assume, with Harvard uh, this year coming up and uh, putting up more points, improving his goal scoring total as well will be interesting to see if he can continue that development. But as a third-round pick, there's always some promise there. And, and I think you know, what the Ducks are looking for are some guys who, who really are goal scorers first. Of course, they've got some coming up in their system. Max Jones is included in that. But you know, Bedini's a goal scorer, and, and that's what they need. And if he can have another impressive season with Harvard next year, hopefully um, we can see some continued improvement. I think that's kind of what you can look at and say the same thing about when you're looking at Brent Gates in the Ducks system. He's a 20-year-old. He's playing for the University of Minnesota in the, in the NCAA. Um, he's somebody that the Ducks have been wanting to see kind of put up more points in the NCAA to kind of progress his offense. He's a centerman. He was a 2015 third-rounder. So you can kind of expect if once he turns pro, he's going to go directly into the goal system and, and make the step from there. But, uh, I mean, overall, it's sort of the same expectation, right? Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, again, the NCAA, when, when you're looking at point totals, you know, he's done pretty well, and he's, he's progressed every year. Seven points in his first year, 21 and 37 games in his second year, and then 26 last year. And again, you know, he, he's a, more of a, a shooter more than anything, but he still does put up the assists. And, and, and again, I, I mean, he, he's a third-round pick just like Bedini was, and, and I feel like this is where we kind of could expect Bedini to be a couple of years down the road. I know they're, they're similar age, just... Brent has spent a couple more uh, seasons in the NCAA, a similar route where they both came from the USHL. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's still still some hope that uh, he, he can make the jump. And, again, it'll be interesting to see where when he does get that shot with the goals if he can transition into pro hockey. And I feel like it's a lot easier to come from the NCAA and transition uh, into the AHL than it is to come out of junior because uh, you're playing against some older guys and some more experienced guys in, in the NCAA. So, um, I, I don't know if he'll be back with the uh, University of Minnesota next year or not, or if he's going to make the jump up to the goals. Um, I, I'd have to refresh myself on the eligibility rules in the NCAA, but he has played three seasons there, so I would assume uh, if he's getting a degree, he probably has about one more year left with, uh, with the University of Minnesota. So uh, he's a guy I, I'll keep my eye on because the Ducks are, are in need of centers, and he's a guy who's played center throughout his career in the USHL and the NCAA. So if he can continue, he might be a guy who's like a third-line, fourth-line guy in the NHL if he eventually makes the jump. And here's a guy, an American kid, just to throw it out there, Eddie, as I always like to tease you about. A lot of them. I love this. <laughs> there is. Jack Kopaka is somebody that I've heard of, somebody I know that is signed by the Ducks, um, a player that I feel like is was like just fits the mold for that Bob Murray, Randy Carlisle style of hockey, the physicality in his game is always improving. He Right now, he's in the OHL. He's playing for the Sioux uh, St. Marie Greyhounds. So he's a scorer, man. He's got 63 points this last season. He's definitely going to be making his jump to the goals, I feel like, next year. This is somebody that Ducks could probably look to to uh, be seasoned in the AHL, maybe get some playing time down the road in the NHL, right? This is kind of mm-hmm. like the guy that the Ducks are looking for. Yeah, and, and he was playing on, uh, I was going to say a good Sault Ste. Marie team, but they were an amazing Sault Ste. Marie team this year. I think they only lost eight games in the regular season. They took Hamilton to game six in the OHL championship, and they actually ended up losing more games in the playoffs than they did in the regular season, which is ridiculous. But he was a big part of that team. Uh, took a huge step forward offensively this year. He's always been a goal scorer. He put up 20 goals in his first season, 30 goals in the second, but he added the assists here, put up another 31 and 63 points, so almost a point-per-game guy and a very good team. 
And then he continued that into the playoffs. I mean, he was one of their best players. And there was a time, I think it was in the second and uh, the second or third round of the OHL championships where he was just scoring almost every night. He scored some big goals, too. He scored an OT winner for them. Ended up having 21 points in 24 games. He's made some big leaps, which is, which is great. I mean, he's a big guy, 6'2", 192. He's more of like a power forward type of guy. Uh, but he's still got some decent speed. And, and he's a, a guy that kind of goes to the net. You know, we, we'll... You'll hear it on the interview where we talked to, to Max how the Ducks always look for, for those big, fast guys now that the, the, you know, the physical type of guys, the guys that play that, that, that fit that mold for the Ducks system. And I feel like he has that. And, and you know, he's really proved he probably should have been drafted higher than the fourth round back in 2016 because I think he's made some great progression. And again, it'll be interesting to see. There's a lot of guys making the jump to San Diego this year, which is very exciting. You've got Sam Steele, you've got Max Jones, Josh Mahura. You've got, and, and now Jeff Kapaka as well. I mean, San Diego's getting a, a huge influx of talent coming into their system. So it'll be interesting to see how all these guys match together. A, a lot of them know each other, um, and there's going to be a lot of talent, a lot of goal scoring heading into San Diego this year. Yeah, and speaking on that same line, Maxime Comtois is the next guy I'm going to talk about. He's the Ducks' 2017 second-round pick, number 50 overall. He's signed. Um Speaking of power forward, 19 years old, 6'2", 205 pounds. The dude can score, and he's by all uh, by all credits around. He's they're talking about him being a dependable guy in all zones, which is a good thing for the Ducks. But like you were saying, the speed the, with the skill and the size is just it's what everyone wants. You can't necessarily just get that. But the Ducks have come around and been able to pick up a few of these guys, so everyone should be excited for Maxime, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's probably the guy that's proved the most since getting drafted, and. He was a guy at times who was projected to go as high as like middle first round in 2017, uh, and then at times even you know late in the first round. But he was a first round pick for most of the year, but he struggled. Uh, I mean, he didn't see that progression in his draft year, and that was that worried a lot of teams. And of course, that's why he dropped off. But you know, he had such a great rookie season in the QMJHL, almost a point per game, which is tough to do. I mean, it's tough to come into a new league as like a 16 year old kid and, and almost go a point per game. So that's why the hype was there. That's why people thought, you know, this is a guy who could be a, a middle, like a, you know, a lottery pick almost, essentially. And, and then he goes into his next season with Victoriaville, and they were still a good team, a playoff team, and, and his point totals actually went down. The goal scoring wasn't really there. There's a lot of worry that, you know, he kind of plateaued, and that was it. And then, my goodness, this season was just a coming out party for him. I mean, Victoriaville was a great team. They added one of the better players in the QMJHL, and it just it just – he just led that team to the playoffs, and they made a deep run too. They they ended up getting beat by Antoine Moran's uh, Caddy Bathurst, who are actually in the Memorial Cup right now. But he goes from having 22 goals in 64 games the year before to 44 goals in less games in 54 games, 85 points plus 43. One of the better players in, in the QMJHL all year. Continued at 12 points in, in 13 games in the playoffs. I mean, this is a guy you should be really excited about because he was a guy that was drafted in the second round that year. The Ducks didn't have a first-round pick, and they essentially got a first-round talent in, in, in Maxime Comtois. And it'll be exciting to see. He should be back with Victoriaville next year. They should be making another run. Uh, and he'll be, uh, of course, a huge part of that. And, and it'll be interesting to see if he can, can continue that success or have a, a, another season similar to that because... You, know, you can't get much better than that. I mean, forty-four games or forty-four goals in, in fifty-four games is just unreal. And this is what they expected of him after his rookie season to be a big-bodied, physical goal scorer, uh, and he's shown that he can do that. 
everything the Ducks need in their system, right? I mean, we're all talking yeah. about it all season. We, where are these guys that we need to come up and replace our older guys when they start to drop off? I mean, everyone knows that that has to be in the system, and these are some of the guys it's nice to see the Ducks getting bargains here. Like, you know, these guys having yeah. bad years at the right time in, in favor of Bob Murray, and he's able to swoop up and pick these guys up in the draft with his scouting team. But uh, you mentioned Antoine Moran. Well, let's talk about him. He's a center. He's 19 years old, a 2017 second-round pick at 60. He's a smaller guy, 181 pounds, but uh, the Duke can score. Last season in the QMJHL, uh, 66 games, 76 points. Season before, 74 points. So a lot to look forward to in his game too, huh? Yeah, and, and he really led his team to the Memorial Cup along with others, but he was the, the main point guy for this team. And he'll continue to be if, if they have any chance at, at winning the Memorial Cup in the, in the next coming days. Uh, I, I mean, he had a great season, replicant pretty much of his season before that last year. Um, had a great playoffs, almost a point per game. He, he seems to be just above a point per game guy in the regular season, about a point per game guy in the playoffs. So the production is there. And, yeah, I, I mean, he's just been unbelievable. The, the only question mark, I think, for him is, is he going to be able to play center in the NHL? He's a smaller guy at 5'10", 180. You know, he'll probably add a little bit of size going into it. So he'll probably enter the NHL at about 5'10", 190 if he's going to keep playing at, with the same style of, of play that he has now. But... You know, even even if he ends up shifting to the wing, he's still going to be a deadly player. I mean, he's more of a pass-first guy. Of course, he picked up 50 assists in the 66 games this year, but he can still put the puck in the back of the net, and he, and he has a knack, just like Jack Capaco, for scoring big goals. And, and if, I mean, a lot of people hate clutch, and I know it's not a an actual stat that you can you can really look at and say, yeah, this guy's clutch, but he just seems to have that knack for scoring big goals. Every game and every highlight I've watched for him, he always seems to score you know, a game-winning goal, a big goal in overtime or something, so... He's been an impressive guy to watch. And you know, the Ducks really picked up some two great players in the second round of that draft. I mean, they made up for the fact that they didn't have a first-round pick, getting a first-round talent in Maxime Comtois, and getting Antoine Morand, who probably could have gone higher in the second round. So impressive impressive drafting for the Ducks in, the, in that 2017 second round because they grabbed two of the best players in the QMJHL this season. Well, let's talk about the guy that, along with Max Jones, people are talking about in Anaheim. Sam Steele, he's a center. He's 20 years old, 5'11", 185, was signed by the Ducks. Uh, he's a 2016 uh, first-round pick, 30th overall. Dude's a beast. At one point, he had 131 points in the WHL with the Regina Pats in 66 games. His, his numbers fell off a little, went down to 83 points in 54 games. There was some talk like, oh, maybe he's not as good as we thought. But, I mean, the guy put up nine points in the World Juniors, obviously on a stacked Canadian team. But do you have any worry, or is this guy the real deal? No, I, I don't have any worry, honestly. I, I mean, that season was unbelievable. <laughs> he was CHL Player of the Year. He was, of course, obviously then WHL Player of the Year. Just a ridiculous season by Sam Steele. I, I mean, one of the best seasons I've seen from a Ducks prospect in a long time. He played 66 games, put up 131 points, so almost two points per game. 50 goals, 81 assists, led into the playoffs, had 30 points in 23 games. I, I mean, it was just an unbelievable year. I, I mean, he was on fire. He got snubbed from Team Canada that year for the World Juniors, so I think that helped fire him up a bit and get him ready for the second half of the season and, and really gave him an edge. But, I, I mean, yeah, he tailed off this year to 83 points in 54 games. If you're looking at about... Yeah, what, a, what a bad season. Yeah, Way over know, a point right? a game. If, <laughs> if he finished, you know, if he played the extra 12 games... He would have been looking at over 100 points uh, in the same amount of games played. So, you know, it wasn't much off. Probably would have finished around about 40 goals and 60-some-odd assists. So, 
you know, it's not it's not that much worse. It was a, a like a historic season for him that year. So of course you can expect a small drop off, but it's still he's still like on pace for a hundred points uh, in the season he just had. Got promoted to being a captain this year. Uh, I guess you could say led his team to the Memorial Cup. I mean, they're, they're the hosts, so they were going to go no matter what. Uh, but they the team that is there now from the WHL Swift Current. Regina took them to seven games, and they ended up losing. Max Jones had, or sorry, Max Jones, Sam Steele had 11 points in, in seven games in that series. So he, he was leading the way for Regina, and he's arguably the best player in this tournament coming up. Him and Robert Thomas are going head-to-head tonight in game one of the Memorial Cup, and, and those are the two best players in the tournament. So if, the, if Regina's going to win this thing at home, he's going to be the main part of their offense, and he's going to be the big reason why. And if you had to pick a guy that the Ducks that Ducks fans should be the most excited about, it's going to be Sam Steele. Because, you know, yeah, he is smaller, but I feel like the way he's played, I feel like of all the center prospects they have, he's the most likely to be able to play center in the National Hockey League. And uh, he's going to be a dangerous player for Anaheim. I think he projects probably second-line center. But uh, that's a very good second-line center to have. And, and he's, he's going to be a guy that puts up points in any league he goes to. Well, if anyone wants to check him out, I mean, word on the street is he's turning pro this season. He'd be with the Gulls yeah. and Dallas Eakins just download uh, from Anaheim. So go check him out. Obviously, we saw him in training camp last year. I thought he was outstanding. So just excited to have that kind of guy come up in the organization. And all our guys, you know, game nowadays, right? I mean, the speed and the skill and the way the NHL's cracked down on slashing and cracked down on hits to the head, rightfully so, and open the game up for smaller guys. You can be successful and be a smaller guy nowadays. I don't know if there's any worry with Sam Stewart. Like he's an amazing prospect and looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do for this club. But uh, before we get to the guy of the hour, we got to talk about Troy Terry because obviously he was another guy that was being talked about a lot last season along with Jacob Larson is where the hell is this guy? Why aren't we playing him? Why aren't we playing him? But uh, this is a 20-year-old kid, six foot one, buck 75. He's got some weight to gain, right, if he's going to be a steady guy in the NHL. But a good player overall. Everyone knows his heroics in the World Juniors. Um, what have we what have we got, got to expect here? He only has two games in the NHL. Uh, are we going to see him with the goals next season? Yeah, yeah I, 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 you know, unless he makes the team. But I, we've talked about it before. It's going to be difficult for any of these guys to make the team out of camp. Just with, you know, not that they're not good enough, but the way that you know the team set up, the contracts they have in place. I mean, nobody's bumping um, Getzlaff and, and Perry out of the lineup. You've got Eves, who should be back. Cogdan Overkill, Kessler, Silverberg, Richie, Kasha. You know, there's not a lot of room to jump in there. Maybe that you can put them on the fourth line if Randy Carlisle is actually going to play the fourth line more. But if not, I mean, this Gulls team is just getting uh, just getting a, a, an array of players who have uh, just an amazing talent of play. I mean, you've got Troy Terry who's going to be up there. You've got Jack Rapaka, Sam Steele, Max Jones. Those are four great players that the Gulls are going to be getting right to, to add in basically their, their top two lines. And then, you know, of course, you've still got Callie Costle is still down there. You've got Kevin Waugh, Corey Tropp. I mean, this is going to be a very good team in San Diego next year. Uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. I mean, they were exciting to watch this year, just missed out on the playoffs. Like, I mean, imagine just missing out on the playoffs, and then you get these four guys coming into your lineup next year. And, and Josh Maher as well. I mean, you're adding at every position coming into uh, coming into the new season. It's going to be an exciting one. And you know, Troy Terry is the real deal. He, he was drafted fifth in the fifth round in 2015, and he's just gotten better from there. Of course, everybody remembers him for his World Junior Heroics in the shootout in 2016-17. In and uh, he went to the Olympic Games this year, had five assists in five games. But he's just gotten better uh, in, in the NCAA 
since going to Denver. Denver's been a very good team in, in the three years that he's been there, but you know, he's an exciting guy to watch, and, and you know, with him and Sam Steele and Comtois Miranda all coming up in the system, the Ducks have done a good job drafting some quality players outside the first round. I mean, all of those guys, uh, except for Sam Steele, and even Sam Steele was a late, late first-round pick, have come outside the first round. So it's been it's been a wonderful piece of drafting by Anaheim. But, I mean, we're not surprised by that, are we? I mean, they, they draft extremely well in the late first round, in second, third, and fourth round all the time anyway. So I'm not too surprised. Now let's talk about Max Jones, the guy that we've been waiting to uh, to talk about here because obviously we got him on uh, on a call earlier today for the interview. But uh, let's talk about him, man. He's a big kid, six foot three, two 209 pounds. Uh, he was the Ducks' first overall draft pick in 2016, went 24th overall. He's mean. He's a power forward. He can score, but he's got that speed, and that's what we've been talking about, guys like Sam Steele, smaller guy, but still going to be super uh, skilled in the NHL, I, we feel like. But talking about Max Jones here, he fits the mold. He fits that Bob Murray, Randy Carlyle mold, and we're excited to see his game here uh, coming to Anaheim. Uh, what are your thoughts on Max before we get to the interview? I mean, just when you watch him play, he's just a, he's just a massive kid. Uh, and, I mean, he's just a wrecking ball on the ice. And, you know, you see those guys a lot in, in the OHL, and you're like, okay, but where are the points? Well, Max Jones puts up the points. I mean, he, he does everything, essentially. He's Swiss Army knife on the uh, on the ice. He's more of a goal scorer than, than a setup man. But that's what the Ducks need. Uh, and he's a guy that is, is pretty much set up to play the pro game already. Uh, I mean, you're looking at just physicality and, and, and being able to compete with guys in, in pro-style game, whether it be in the AHL or the NHL. He, he's ready to go for that. I, I think he's – I mean, he's obviously done his junior eligibility, but I think he's ready to make that jump up, and he's going to do well. Uh, I mean, the one thing you look for for prospects to make the jump up to the NHL is just being physically ready and, and being able to compete, and, and he's going to do that. And, you know, he's, he's been hampered with some injuries. He had an injury in 2016-17. That, that cut out uh, about half of his season. Uh, and then this last season, uh, after coming back from World Juniors, he got traded from London to Kingston and ended up breaking his finger and missed the rest of the season and then uh, had a pretty good run in playoffs. But, uh, I mean, he, he's going to be a, g- a good player for, for Anaheim. I think he probably could have gone higher in the first round in 2016. Was uh, you, you know, I, I, I want to say he was overshadowed in London, and that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, he was playing second-line minutes, but he was behind you know, Mitch Marner, Matthew Kachuk, Christian Dvorak, so you didn't get to see as much of him. But if he was playing with those guys, you would have seen a lot more points, and he would have gone a lot higher. So uh, you know, I want to say the Ducks got a steal, uh, picking him up at 24th overall, but this is a guy that, uh, given the opportunity, he can put the puck in the back of the, uh, on a regular basis. You know, a lot of guys who uh, who work the drafts every year and, and give their predictions and rankings, I mean, they said that, though. They said that Max Jones was a steal where the Ducks got him at 24 because he was projected to go higher. So yeah. they, they thought he was going to be up, uh, you know, closer to, to the mid to mid first round. So good on the Ducks getting him there. And uh, let's hear from him. Let's hear the interview with Max Jones. All right. So we've got Max Jones on the show today. Max, last time we talked, it was about less – then a month after you got drafted, you're heading into your first training camp with the Anaheim Ducks. How have things been since then? How have things gone? I know you've had World Juniors and everything, so how's, how's everything gone? Pretty good. Uh, I mean, time flies. I mean, that was uh, that was a long time ago looking back. I remember talking to you guys and sitting there thinking that, you know, this is a long time. I mean, it's just crazy. But uh, um, I think now just kind of, um, I'm very comfortable with the organization and, and the guys and, and 
uh, the prospects and everything and the staff and, and, uh, and, and all that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I think that's the biggest part for me is just being comfortable with everyone. And I think that's the biggest part that's, that's I've come from since uh, that time. Yeah. And I mean, it must feel good to, to really just feel a part of the organization now. Cause it was literally, I think it was less than a month after the draft we had talked to you and it was, everything was so new and just coming off the fresh off the draft experience and now you've been there for so long you've met a lot of guys on the team met a lot of the prospects so it must feel a lot better and feel more of like a team atmosphere yeah that's the best part especially you know like back then when I was going in for my first year it was like you know super shy and kind of keep my mouth closed ears open which I still am doing but uh you know you feel more comfortable with the other prospects that are there and and then you know, just the guys on the team who are there, you know, they know who you are, you know who they are, and, and uh, you just kind of have that connection, and, and it's nice to have that now. For sure. And, uh, I mean, we talked a bit about the Memorial Cup because you just come off winning it at, at the time. But tell us a bit about that because I, I don't think everybody's heard about it, and some of our listeners don't necessarily watch a, a lot of the junior hockey. They don't get access to it. So just tell us about how, how special it was to win a Memorial Cup with London uh, right before going into getting drafted. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was something special. Um, you know, obviously, I was at the the U.S. national team first, and and I had left after one year to to pursue uh, you know uh, winning a Memorial Cup, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, the team we had in London was uh, ridiculous. I mean, that first line of you know Matt Kachuk, Christian Dvorak, Mitch Marner was just lethal, and and then you know we had uh, guys behind them who, who picked up slack, and and then anything that needed to to be uh, to be um, you know accounted for was was uh third fourth line and and that's what we had uh, everything about that year was just so much fun and you know my relationships with those guys on the team are still the same as they are today if not stronger and, and uh it, it was something special um for sure uh you know if you could do it every year I'm, I'm sure everyone wants to at least try to win once right and and uh you know i think last year we had a pretty good team in london this year i got traded to kingston and we went for it and we were just a couple games shy and uh, have moved to the OHL finals. So it's it definitely probably one of the hardest trophies in hockey to win. It was uh, very special to win it. Hey, Max, I got to ask you about the World Juniors because I know it's huge um, outside of the United States. And they, we get some viewership here, as you know. But what was that experience like? I mean, I just watched the last couple. And, you know, everyone's real high, on, obviously, on uh, America versus Canada. But I know there's other good teams in the, in, you know, in that in that tournament what was your experience like though what were you able to take away from that oh it was awesome uh anytime you get to wear you know the usa uh crest right across, right across your uh, chest there it's it's something special um and uh i think you know it wasn't it was difficult um obviously you don't you don't play with those guys uh, all year round and uh most of those guys were college guys i played with so it was definitely difficult to kind of be thrown into a team and know how they play in the style and and um i mean i only had two i think two points and i think the whole that whole tournament i had chances to score left and right and there was just snake bit in the bed and definitely frustrating to me and you know, i know i should have been you know a lot more uh, on the on the on the goal sheet there i should have been there but um you know that happens uh, but to get a bronze it was it was cool um definitely something cool to put on the resume and uh, you know, I'm so I'm so glad I got to to be a part of something like that. It's got to be tough with that cohesiveness, though, right? I mean, you just meet a group of guys and you're expected to go and win. So I totally understandable, though. Yeah, it's super tough. It's super tough. You got to adapt, and I think that's kind of what I did. Is you know, they wanted me to kind of play some 
some kind of grinder role. And I think that's kind of what I tried to do. Um, I think I felt like that's just where I was slotted for, um, in their depth charts or, or whatever. And I think that's just kind of what I just kind of owned. I guess I just did that and did what they told me to do. So. Yeah, and you got to play with uh, with Matthew's brother Brady, a similar type of player to his brother. I know you played obviously a lot with Matthew in, in London. So, what was that experience like? Yeah, no, uh, playing with Matt, he was a great player. He, you know, he was uh, he was a very uh, very easy player to to put with. You know, Marner and Kachuk. He complimented those guys so well on the ice, just below the dots. He, he was such a great player. And I could say the same about Brady. I think he's just the same kind of player as as Matt, and and uh, they're both the same. Uh, same kind of personalities too they're both funny guys and, and uh, fun to be around uh i definitely see i could, you can definitely tell they're brothers so um <laughs> it was kind of funny to play with both of them and uh you know i think uh it was uh it was just cool it's cool to play with both of them yeah, yeah. we, we got to talk about london a bit because i want to know how tough it was to to leave london after two and a half seasons i mean you're, you're memorial cup champion ohl champion you know, I had some some good success there with the Knights, and then moving on to to Kingston. How tough was it to to leave that team? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was really tough. Um, obviously, I left the uh, the U.S. national team to play in the OHL just for the one team, uh, which was London, and um, you know the team I was drafted by, the team I always wanted to play for, and uh, you know, it, it, but it's a business, right? And yeah. I think for for the guys here in the top two lines that were here, uh, we all got traded. And mm-hmm. For all of us, I mean, me and Robert Thomas tried to stay, fought, fought. It's just the way it is, and uh, you know, business. And you know, looking forward, I think London's going to be pretty uh, pretty set for the years coming forward with, with draft picks and you know, players in their system. And uh, that's just the way it is. That's the way it works. And um, you know, I had a great time up in Kingston for. The uh, whatever half the season it was, and playoffs we had a good run, and uh, but definitely uh, missed London, and uh, it's, it's it's turned to a home to me with my Billa family that I had there. I trained there in the summer too, and I'm actually here right now. So, yeah, I mean, it had to make it easier though. I think with with Cliff Poo, your teammate, coming over to Kingston as well, and then your good friend Sean Day was also traded to Kingston. So having those two guys there. Uh, how how much was it easier to transition over to that team when you've got two guys you know pretty well? Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, you said it, Cliff. I, I played with, you know, my first year I played on a line with them. Second year I played with them, and then third year I, I mean I didn't play with them in Kingston, but uh, it was um, it was easy for those guys to kind of be there for me to, in, in the transitioning uh, kind of phase. And um, once I got to be around Sean and, and be around Cliff. Uh, made it just that much easier to to get to know all the other guys and uh, just be myself in the locker room. For sure. And and you talked about how Robbie was also traded. He goes to Hamilton. And, of course, the the Memorial Cup starts tonight. And you've got uh, Regina playing uh, Hamilton in the the beginning game here. And you've got uh, fellow Ducks prospects, Sam Steele and Josh Maher, going up against Robbie tonight as well. You're going to be keeping some tabs a bit on the Memorial Cup, just watching those guys looking out for them? Um, Yeah, I'll probably peek at it um a little bit I, I mean once we got knocked out i didn't really look too much at it i didn't want to you know just just look yeah. at the past and see what i could where i could have been in class you know but yeah. um i just knew that hamilton won and that was it and then i knew they were going on but i'll definitely keep tabs on the memorial cup um i kind of want sammy and josh to, to win it um because i know i know rob's already <laughs> won one um yeah. so it'd be nice for sam sammy and, and josh to win one and um because they're really good buddies of mine also and uh, yeah, I'd love to see those guys uh, 
hoist that cup. So I, I want to kind of transition you over, uh, Max, to, to talking about the AHL experience you had with the goals a couple seasons ago. Just kind of interesting. You hopped right out of the OHL playoffs, right into AHL intensity with San Diego. Now, now that you got your feet wet there, I mean, obviously you're ready to give it a go for the for the big club. But how was that experience jumping from one playoff to a completely different league and in, in like the same sort of intensity? It was great. No, it was by far the greatest thing. I, I felt. Uh... I felt like I, 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 I like pro hockey like a lot more than I, uh, the OHL or junior hockey, I should say. Um, I just think I feel more like myself when I'm playing. Like I feel, you know, my speed, my power, my strength. I, I get to play my full, you know, 100% rounded game rather than, you know, having to watch out and, and make sure I'm not, you know, you know, that guy's watching me, you know, refs watching me or whatnot. I, I feel like I, I got to play my game fully and um, I had, ridiculous amounts of, of chances to score and, and that's why I, I felt so you know good with myself I felt confident that like okay well I like this I feel I feel comfortable playing pro hockey and uh, and I tried like you know I, I should have scored so much more and been more presence in the playoffs but I was uh I was competing and I felt so good out there and, and that's uh, something that I'm really looking forward to now is, is to uh, get to make that transition pro uh, whether it's in Anaheim or San Diego um, it's still pro hockey so I'm just glad to transition now I got to ask you a little bit more about that, though, because, I mean, everyone here in Anaheim, I mean, no joke, a lot, a lot of my friends are Ducks fans. We're all really high on you uh, coming into the organization. Obviously, we know Bob Murray and Randy Carlisle are super stoked on you as well. I mean, you pretty much fit the mold perfectly here. It's like they love the power forward type, but you got speed to come along with it. And, of course, you got that shot. Um a lot of us were pulling for you to make the team out of camp last summer. I mean, obviously you were too, but I mean, how do you feel you fit into that mold? I mean, that we're kind of, you know, predetermining you to be in or in the duck system overall. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think I play the, the game uh, the way they want me to. Um, uh, I think that's the way Anaheim plays is, is big, strong. And I mean, they got guys that, that compete and I think that's the reason why they drafted me. I, I fit there exactly what you said. I fit their mold and, um, you know, I got speed too, and and that's something that they had told me they were looking for in the next coming years. Is they need speed, and um, so I knew I and I, I could be an asset for in that situation. And I, you know, I every year when I go to camp, I always got to have the confidence and have it in my mind that I'm going to try to, you know, make the team right out of camp and play one game at least, and then you know go from there play two games, and, and it's day by day, right? I, I want to push myself to be confident and push myself to to make goals and, you know, some minor goals and long-term goals, short-term, long-term, and, and, and try to fulfill those goals. And I feel like that makes me, you know, more hungry, more competitive when I am on the ice. And, um, you know, I do, I play, a, I play a hard game on the ice and, and, you know, a lot of people don't like that. Uh, fans of other teams, I should say, don't like that. And, and uh, <laughs> I take a lot of heat for it, like on social media and stuff, but, um, you know, like off the ice, I'm a completely different human being, but it's just the way it is. Like it's, it's the way I have to be in order to be successful. I have to play hard and, and then be off the, off the ice. I got to be, you know, respectful young man who was raised right and, and be polite. And, and, you know, that's the way I am. I think a lot of people forget that, but that's just, uh, I think that's, the, that's just what got me to where I am today. I mean, yeah. but it's hockey. It's yeah. hockey. That's the kind of player people, you know, pay to see. They want to see that. At least I do. I mean, you always want to see the power <laughs> forward type. So. That's cool, man. I'm, I'm I'm excited for you this summer heading into camp. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that is kind of, 
you see that a lot with some of the Ducks players we have on the team right now. I mean, Corey Perry is, is that type of guy where he gets a lot of heat for the stuff he does on the ice, but he's, he's a completely different guy off the ice, and, and Ryan Kessler is that type of guy as well, mm-hmm. and even a former teammate of yours we've already talked about, and Matthew Kachuk. I mean, he plays on the edge when he's playing with Calgary on the ice, but when he's off the ice, he's a nice guy as well. So I, I think you see that around, and a lot of people forget, like you said, that. I mean, you guys are human beings off the ice. You, you know, you, you're going out there to compete, and then off the ice, you, I mean, you're not that exactly that same type of guy. So, uh, yeah, I get, I get where you're coming from. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous sometimes, the the stuff that I get in my messages and and, and, and tweets that I get sending in is just absurd, and it's it's Bruce, but I'll take it off, right? But it is pretty ridiculous, and they look at some guys like in the league in the NHL that, you know, play a hard game and the wonder it's probably 10 times worse for them. I mean, it's it's pretty ruthless out there. Well, I mean, just we're going to get into this later anyway, but just looking at, I mean, your tweet from yesterday uh, about the the video game addiction thing, we're going to talk about this in a bit, but just some of the, the responses to that. I mean, it wasn't anything about hockey and you just get people calling you out, uh, I think, pretty much <laughs> anything you put out there. So. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine. Uh, I mean, you, we've even seen um, Brad Marshawn in the playoffs this year with with his licking thing going on and and the, the tweets. Ah, oh, come he on, gets. that's way different. <laughs> well, I mean, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the tweets that he gets, and obviously he ends up responding to them. I, I mean, so, I, I guess it happens to pretty much everybody. But you know, you were just talking about Twitch and 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 the video game addiction thing going on. You've got people just calling you out about but <laughs> production in the OHL and whatnot. Oh, I mean, yeah. these guys are just coming out of nowhere. <laughs> I know it's it's funny, but you know they just say that stuff by looking at numbers. It's like, yeah. Well, I mean, my first year I was like a second line guy, and I I had you know a pretty good amount of points for a first year guy. Then my second year, I got hurt, but I still averaged a point per game. And then this year, I had a lot of goals, which I usually I mean I score, but then you know if you watch the games back, it was pretty hysterical. Like I couldn't get an assist to save my life, yeah. and it wasn't that I wasn't moving the puck; it was just. Like, they just they weren't going in when I was moving it, you know? And it, it was yeah. just that things, those sort of things happen. But it's just the way it is. People are people, and, and it's funny to me. And uh, But, yeah, I had, I had just saw, like, a lot of people were treating me about some video game addiction thing. And, and then I was like, what is going on? And then uh, Jeff Merrick, who I, I've known for a while, he's, he's, uh, he's a good friend. He, he, uh, uh, he's been on with Sportsnet. And I was with uh, – when I was at the Memorial Cup, I met him and, and met, like, Sam Constantino, RJ Brahead, and those guys. And, so uh, when I had made that tweet, uh, Jeff had DM'd me and just thought it was funny. He said, "Nice tweet." Like I didn't mean to to have like a fire stirred. Like people think it was you or anything. Like he was like, I, he's like, "I'm sorry about that," but he's just like, I, I, he's like, "There's a bunch of junior players at my gym always talking about video games," and I just thought it was ridiculous and I didn't expect it to blow up like this. And I was like, "Yeah, I was like, yeah it's fine, man." Like I was like, I just want people to know I don't have a video game addiction because that's a ridiculous rumor to be going around. Uh, yeah, I mean it was it was crazy. Like I. I... I think I saw it in like um, the, the section on Twitter. I was just searching and I saw some a bunch of people just re-quoting what Merrick had said and uh, speculating on who it could be. And I, yeah, I saw your name come up like multiple times. I was like, "There's no way!" Like, I mean, and then I saw your tweet come up. I was like, "Yeah, okay, that that makes sense." Uh, but it's it's insane. I mean, I can't I can't believe that uh, that that is and going to end up costing possibly some kid uh, a shot at the NHL because of, of a video game addiction. It's crazy. Like, I don't even know who it is either, but, I mean, I don't know. you got to feel for the guy. I, guess. I mean, it's pretty tough to have, like, something that, you know, ridiculous to have someone hold you back. But, I mean, I have no idea who it is. But, yeah, uh, but, yeah I just I had to get my name out of there. I was like, that is uh, absurd. Like, like, in the off season, like, you play more video games. But, like, during the year, like, you're not doing much. Like, you can, you got time to play video games. But, 
you know, like I still go to bed at night before game days and, and I mean, I don't play on game days. And then it was like, what is going on? Like someone's playing that much. Like to the fact that it's uh, jeopardizing their future. It was like, you really got to take a step back and, and look at what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm, I literally just popped on Twitter right now and, and saw your, uh, your interaction with Jeff Merrick about 20 minutes ago, where I, he just he just commented right now saying you spent all your time in junior master, mastering moves for the Knights, jumping around the circle with Doug Stacy. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Merrick's in on that. But we got we got to move over to Twitch now because we we've got Memorial Cup champion, first NHL or first round NHL draft pick, Will Junior's bronze medalist, and now Twitch streamer. So so how did how did that come about? I mean, did you get it? You know, did you just kind of get into it from just playing games or from somebody else? I know you interact with a lot of guys in the NHL community on YouTube. So how did you kind of get into that? Yeah, no. Um, so I don't know. Like I always like I love video games. Like I used to play them when I was a kid, and and I kind of got away from them for a while, and then. Uh, I used to just play them when, when I'd get bored and I wasn't doing anything at home. So I would play them. And then when Fortnite came out, I started playing that. And then um, uh, with the Ninja, the guy Ninja is like ridiculously famous now. And I used to watch, I started watching him and I was like, like wow, like this is kind of fun to watch. And then I saw DT Brown does it. So I was watching him and some guys in the NBA do it. And, and then I was like, well, this is kind of fun. Like it's kind of cool to interact and, you know, like once I start getting like a big wide like viewers, then I can just, I mean, anything that gets donated to me, I give it to charity. So, yeah. um, that's just to me of kind of giving back. Right. And I think once I get bigger then it's, it's, it's something that it's easy to give back and, and, and make money for charity. And, and, uh, and I think that's just my favorite part is just connecting with fans that way and talking with people. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's probably a good way just to, to interact with the fans and, kind of create a relationship there rather than like you said through twitter where a lot of the comments are negative at least you know everybody who's coming out more most of them would be coming out to a twitch stream are usually there to support you and just kind of have a good time playing and you know watching you play the video games and, and of course fortnite and and nhl and, and everything that you have on there oh yeah exactly and i think that's the, the difference nowadays is, i mean people just hide behind the keyboard right no one knows yeah. who you are and say pretty much whatever you want right I think, but Twitch is different. I, I had a, I got a good following of people that come in, and, and it's nice to just sit there and hang out and just play video games and talk to people. And uh, you know, I get people from all over, you know, the country and all over Canada, and you know, and people in Europe sometimes watch, and and it's just kind of cool to to talk to people and, and get to know people. So uh, it's just my way of, of uh, connecting with fans and and uh, just having a good time. Yeah, and from what we see right now, I mean, I, I saw your tweet before. You say that you stream Fortnite primarily. You do NHL a bit too. Are you thinking of doing anything more on there? Do you stream that often, or is this kind of just like an every every now and then thing when you have some time on your hands? Yeah, like I don't know. I I don't stream a lot. Like I, yeah. I kind of just like when I'll play. Sometimes I'll be like, oh well, maybe I'll just stream right now just because I'm bored. Or, but yeah. you know, I play. I, I play pretty much everything. Like it just just depends what I feel. Like I, I mean, I play. You know, I have Halo 5. I play that sometimes. I played Halo 3 the other day. I don't know why, but I did. <laughs> then uh, I play, you know, Call of Duty, the World War II. I think that game is pretty cool, so I play that sometimes. NHL, I play with my friends, like the club mode, the EASHL mode. And yeah. I think, you know, I, I stream like that stuff too. But um, I don't know. It's really rare that I, I, I do it. I don't know why, but I just I don't really do it that much. I, I probably will start a little bit more now, but I'm yeah. just kind of in the off season, so I'm, I'm kind of out doing stuff, you know, like, nice weather i kind of haven't been home that much playing video games or streaming at all so 
Hey, so I got to ask you, Max, what did you think about the NHL spoiling into, e- into the esports community doing the 2018 NHL Gaming Championship? I know the NBA kind of kicked those things off with their 2K esports league, but just to kind of wrap up the, the video game segment of our show, I guess, like, how, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I kind of kept tabs on it. I didn't really, like, watch. Like, I didn't go on, like, yeah. watch or anything, but um, I just saw when, when the NHL tweeted, like, you know, if someone won a game or something, they'd show, like, a highlight of it. So I kind of tracked through that, and I think it's pretty cool. It's still going on, I think. I, I don't know, I don't know where it is that now, but um, I think it's, that's pretty cool. I mean, especially for guys who play video games, and you know, I think it's just that much more like fun for for players or people who you know play NHL. I guess you'd say religiously, um, you get to go in a tournament and, and have the actual you know National Hockey League be a part of it. It, it totally tripped me out. I was sitting there watching TV, and I was watching a replay of, I think it was a Caps-Tampa game, or it was, or it was Winnipeg and Vegas, and it ended. And I was looking down at my phone, and I heard hockey going again. So I look up, and it was they were, they were showing two guys playing Xbox. I was like, what is this? And that was kind of like me <laughs> realizing that it was actually on TV. It tripped me out. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny how, how, how things are nowadays with video games. It's taken over, man. Oh, yeah, it is. It's going to be funny what starts happening now in the next like five, six years. Well, yeah, they were saying it's going to get – I mean, you see it all over the place. PC gaming is doing the same thing with, like, Overwatch and all that. It just kind of tripped me out. But to kind of circle it back to uh, to you growing up playing hockey and everything, I always ask people this questions because, you know, I grew up and my favorite players growing up were, like, Paul Correa. I like Brendan Shanahan. Uh, when you were growing up, did you ever, like, emulate somebody when you were playing outside? Or, like, who was your who was your idol growing up playing hockey? Uh, mine was, and this is actually funny because I grew up in Detroit, right? I was born in Rochester or in, um, Binghamton, New York. So I was born there and then we moved to Michigan to, to have me and my brother start our hockey careers. And then, uh, and then, uh, once, uh, once I started playing, I wore number 19 for, uh, Joe Sackick and, uh, that was my favorite player. So people have thought that I was a big Steve Eiserman fan. And, oh yeah, uh, of course. Problem. Because of the big rivalry that was going on, it was a problem. So uh, I wore 19, and, and uh, for Joe Sack, I grew up, I love the Colorado Avalanche. And um, my family, half my family, like my cousins and whatnot, live in Colorado. So I was always a big fan of him and, and the Avalanche. Uh, it's a trip being in Detroit and then wearing a, an Avs jersey must have totally tripped people out, especially if you were growing up during that time period when they were those guys were killing each other. Oh, yeah. No, it was it was tough when I was a kid. I had, sometimes had to lie and say it was Stevie Eisenman. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad player to, to like either though honestly right Legend yeah no he, he was a he was a great player <laughs> you want to uh hey eddie you want to get over to our fan questions quickly before we wrap yeah sure uh, we put out a thing on twitter everybody knew you were coming on so we had a couple people uh who who wanted some questions or had some questions to ask so we um we had ryan who asked he, he wanted to know what area of your game has improved from last year going into obviously your your season this year will you be playing with either the ducks or with the goals uh i want to say my discipline i think and um i think my game was pretty well rounded i mean my shots good hands are good everything can improve right but um discipline was something i just kind of i kind of wanted to just whatever like last this past season i just wanted to shut my mouth and play hockey and I think that's kind of what I did. And then playoffs is a little different because you get yep. more wound up in, in playoffs, right? And um, But I think this year I, I kind of just played hockey and, and kept my eyes straight and just played hockey, right? And I think that's just what I did. And uh, I'm proud of myself for that. Uh, give myself a pat on the back, I guess you'd say. <laughs> but um, that's something I uh, really, I think, improved. And I know that um, 
you know, the big club uh, kind of wanted me to, to just focus on just playing hockey and, and uh, playing playing the right way. Yeah, and I think you could – I mean, PIMS aren't, a, a, I guess, an exact transfer of discipline, but you could see that this year. I mean, your PIMS were down, and, and like you said, it, it, it really wasn't necessarily – the points not getting on the board it was just the luck i i mean you ended up finishing with london with three assists and i mean that's just like you said that's unlucky i mean you're, you're getting the passes to some guys and they're just not hitting the back oh, yeah so for, for oh it was it was hysterical <laughs> it was hysterical yeah. it was funny actually at the point because i mean the, the year before i was i started off the season great i mean i was i was yeah. scoring the same exactly like, i think i had about like 18 goals at the same point of the season that i did this season maybe even uh, more this year but um, I didn't. Um, I was getting assists last year. That's the thing. And this year, when I was playing, it, it was so funny because there was this one game. Um, I gave Sam Militech. I gave him a. I think I gave him two breakaways, and then I gave him uh, a shot, like right in the slot. It was a saucer pass to the slot. It might have been against Hamilton actually, and he rang it off the post and missed the two breakaways. And then someone else, I think it was Robbie Thomas, gave him a uh, a pass. And he sniped like an absolute great shot. And we were just on the bench, and I was just like, "Are you serious, man?" And we all just started laughing. Like our coach, like Dale Hunter, was making jokes. Like it was just a huge running joke that I couldn't get assists. And I think it was the last game before I left for World Juniors. I finally had some assists. I had a four-point night. Uh, it was two goals to assist. And we were just like, "Really? Like right now? Like before I leave? Like now I get assists?" And it was just like unbelievable how it was going. It was funny. It was hilarious, actually. Yeah, I mean, because at, at that point, like you said, it becomes a, a running joke. Because if you had, you know, one assist going up twenty-four games before you left uh, to, to go to the World Juniors, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, at that point, it, you, you kind of just have to laugh about it, right? I mean, you know, it's nothing you could do. Oh, it's just yeah. the luck on that. And like you said, I mean, Millie ends up hitting a post, and uh, <laughs> and, and then it you was got crazy. Probably, it was yeah. sixteen goals, sixteen goals, and one assist at one point, and that is absurd. <laughs> it is absurd. It was just unbelievable, I and mean, I couldn't. I, I won't be able to do it ever again in my life. But um, you know, you're gonna have those years, right? You play play hockey for your whole life. I mean, you're gonna have crazy stuff that happens like that. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, I, I mean, as long as you don't have to deal with it again, uh, it ends up being a good thing. It's, it's it's nice for one season. You can sit back and laugh about it. If it happens again, then it probably it probably gets a bit annoying for. Me. Oh yeah. <laughs> we had Michael ask. He wanted to know what your favorite moment of your career has been so far. It's. Uh, I mean, I gotta say, hands down, it was definitely the Memorial Cup year. Um, that whole year, to me, I, I mean, it was just great hockey. We had our lines were set. Like, I mean, uh, two months into the season, we had all our lines down for the rest of the year. So things were never changing. I mean, we just played great hockey from there on out. And I mean, my line played great. Third line played great. Our D were on real. We had Parsons and Net, and we had so much fun. You know, just cruising through the year. And when it came to playoffs, it was just. I mean, they just ran right through playoffs. And and once we won the OHL and we went to the Memorial Cup, it was just the relationships that we had with guys on the team were so strong and like so unbreakable that we just knew we were going to go to the Memorial Cup. And we knew that we had the best opportunity out of all, you know, four of the teams, that, uh, including ourselves, that we had the best opportunity to win. And um, I think that's, that's probably definitely the best moment in my career was hoisting the, the Memorial Cup. And then to uh, to wrap up the, the final question, Max, uh, from uh, our listeners here is uh, Phil asked, who do you have winning the Stanley Cup? Obviously, uh, the hometown, Anaheim's not in it. So who's your pick of the, between the final four? Uh, God, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, 
I, I kind of want like two teams I'm looking at. Like, I mean, Capitals would be kind of cool to see Ovechkin finally win one. But yeah. um, and then I don't know. I mean, Vegas, it'd be cool, I guess, to see them win. Uh, it's their first year, right? I mean, you'll probably never see that sort of thing happen again for an inaugural season, right? Kind of just want to see something like that happen in history. So I don't know. If it was like a Vegas and, and Washington uh, final, I guess that'd be nice. I'm probably going to have to go with Washington. I think they're going to win it, though. I hope so. I would love to see Ovi get that, get everyone off his back. I mean, but I mean, every time I've picked against Vegas this entire season, I've had people hit me up. Hey, man, I mean, I'm just wondering, when is this Vegas team going to go away? And I'm like, ah, you know, it's probably going to drop off mid-November. They're just hyped up. They're a new team. They just crushed it all year. And then go to the playoffs. Hey, yeah, they just cruise. It it's unbelievable. unbelievable. It's incredible. As long as the Cup doesn't go back to Canada, Eddie, I think we're all good with that. Um, <laughs> I always joke with you on that. But, yeah, I'd love to see Ovi win it, man. Um, yeah, oh, hey, Max. Thanks for taking the time. I know that uh, you said you're back at home, so I appreciate you uh, spending, a, you know, 30 minutes with us. And uh, we'd love to have you back on, man. It's been great. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Always, uh, always enjoy coming on here. All right, cool. We'll talk to you uh, maybe uh, before the season or maybe we'll hit you up during the season, if uh, depending on where you're at. But uh, we hope to see you here in Anaheim, Max, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Uh, you too, man. All right, so that uh, that was our interview with Max Jones. It was uh, it was a really fun one, honestly. I mean, he's he's a great guy anyway, really easy to talk to. But it was uh, it was fun getting to talk to him again because, like we said at the beginning, I hadn't talked to him since uh, we interviewed him on Ducks and Pucks right after he got drafted, and a bunch has happened through then, like Will Juniors getting traded, and uh, I mean, a good season with London. I mean, uh, getting the the debut with the goals. So much has happened since then. So it was great catching up and perfect timing for the prospect show. Yeah, no, it was great for Max to come on. We appreciated that. If you guys are curious, you can find him on Twitter at Matt or at Jones underscore Max nineteen. And if you're a gamer or you want to watch him play games, you can go see him on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Max Jones ninety eight. So yeah, man, that was fun. It was cool to kind of talk a little bit of uh, stuff besides hockey. You know, you could tell that he likes talking about that kind of thing. So especially the video games, and I don't know, it's just a good good overall uh, time talking with Max. Yeah, that whole that whole video game addiction thing was perfect timing too. I mean, that uh, like the night before we have the interview set up, uh, he's getting flamed on Twitter about having a possible video game addiction because of the uh, the Jeff the Jeff Merrick tweet on the or the, what he said on the Thirty One Thoughts podcast. I, I thought that was funny. I mean, it worked out perfectly. It was a yeah, no. good conversation. Obviously, now he's proven it, it, it wasn't him, so it's not <laughs> it's not him. So if you were worrying about it being him and, and him not making the jump up to the NHL, that's not the case. I'm, I'm sure we'll see him at some point next year, whether it's with San Diego or with Anaheim. Oh yeah, man. So. All the best to him. Hopefully he makes the team. But like you said, if not, we can always go down the road here. Or we being us in California down the road. Not you, Eddie. Apologize, man. I hate to throw that in your face. Come on, man. Go on down and see all the Ducks prospects (laughs) (laughs) down in San Diego. So let's shift gears here before we wrap. Just real quick, I want to talk about what's going on in the uh, NHL right now. There's four teams left. We're in the conference finals for each. you got Tampa Bay and the Washington Capitals. And you've got the Vegas Golden freaking Knights, who are unstoppable, it seems like, against the Winnipeg Jets. They're up in that series, two games to one. They're up in the game four right now in Vegas, one nothing, thanks to Wild Bill and March Assault. And honestly, Con Smythe uh, nominee, in my opinion, who should be running first overall right now for that vote, would be Mark Andre Fleury. What the hell is going on in Vegas, Eddie? Yeah, I, mean, I, I honestly don't know. I, I thought, you know, I didn't think Winnipeg would roll over them, but. 
Um, I had Winnipeg as favorites to win the cup. I thought they were just going to be be too much. They're a deeper team. They've got more you know top end star talent. Maybe the only place where Vegas is beating them so far is in net with Mark Andre Fleury. But I mean that's proven to be enough. I mean he won them game three with the saves that he made on on Mark Scheifele, and I mean, he was just excellent that entire game. He's been excellent all playoffs, and I don't know, man. I mean it's. If they win tonight, so it's pretty much over. I mean, I don't see that team losing three straight games, and two of them, I believe, would be in. Or no, they started in Winnipeg, did they not? Yep. So two of them would be in Winnipeg, but still, I don't see them. I don't see them losing three straight. So if if Winnipeg loses tonight, I mean, you can pretty much book Vegas in the Stanley Cup final, which is just insane. I, I mean, even Max was saying on, on our interview. I mean, how everybody's in the same boat on that. How ridiculous. It is that Vegas is still around, still kicking, and and up two one in a series against the Winnipeg Jets. You can't bet a, you can't bet against them right now. I, I mean, it's just unbelievable that they're they're still going, and and these guys that you know we've waited to cool down like Marshall Show and Carlson are still scoring. Yeah, I want it to be uh, Vegas or Ovi. I mean, I prefer Ovi over Vegas, but if yeah. Ovi doesn't make it to the to the Cup final, uh, I don't want Tampa to win. Just nothing against Tampa. Just. They've already won a cup, and you got three cities that don't have one. So, yeah. and Ovi's got to get that monkey off his back, and you know, for whatever reason, needs a trophy to prove that he's a great player. And probably going to finish with eight hundred plus goals. But I mean, one shiny trophy and ring um, mm-hmm. means that he's a great player. Apparently, he just kind yeah. of what goes around. You know, no matter what sport you're in, oh, do you have a ring? It's like, oh, come on, like it's a team sport, man. The guy's dominant as hell. Um, how do you feel about the Eastern Conference Final? I mean, are you in the same boat? You want to see Obi uh, take over uh, Tampa Bay and go to the finals? Yeah, yeah, I do. And I, and I honestly think Washington has been the better team in pretty much every game except for the the Game 3 loss. Uh, I think they were, I mean, a lot of people probably concede if they watched the game, they were the better team in Game 4. Uh, and Vasilevsky stole that game for Tampa Bay. Uh, I mean, he sure not, did. Yeah, there was not much more the Caps really could do in that game. I, I mean... They had a, a power. I think Tampa Bay had a power play, and they were actually doing a good job. Washington was of, of containing the power play, um, and then they just like, you know, the power play was over. They like, oh god, we got through that, and then Tampa Bay scored like ten seconds after the power play. So you know, th- <laughs> there were some lapses there for the Capitals in that game, but uh, you know they've played. They've been the better team three out of the the four games, right? Uh, I mean. If they can continue playing like that, I don't see them losing too many while they've been the better team. And, you know, Holtby's been good. Ovi and Kuznetsov are, are still playing at an elite level in these playoffs. Now, Tampa Bay, I think, depth-wise, are the better team. But um, they haven't shown it, honestly. They showed it in Game 3, and that was pretty much it. So I'm looking for Washington and Ovechkin to come out hard in Game 5, and if they can get the win, um, I, I, think it, I think this is going 7 no matter what, honestly. But... It's going to be an exciting one. I really hope Washington can pull it out. Yeah, me too. I mean, that that uh, Caps power play has got to wake up. That's the yeah. biggest problem we've seen kind of peter off here is they're getting their chances and not scoring or they're they're just missing. They're not able to bury the puck. That was their problem last game in game four, and that's why Tampa was able to take advantage. But, I mean, i got to talk to you about Marc-Andre Fleury again, man. I mean, you talk about Vasilevsky saving uh, last game. I mean, what about Marc-Andre Fleury against Mark Shifley, against a um, – against a Jets team that was just so dominant in that third period, just crushed the Knights offensively, and the Knights come away with a win. I mean, geez, like what? I don't know what anyone uh, can say about Vegas. I mean, nobody, like you said, like you said, nobody expected them to be here. No one expected them to be in the playoffs, to, to lead the division, to get to the first round. 
I mean, I didn't pick him to, to get to this far. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, my buddy, he laughed. I was, I was telling him, like, yeah, man. He's like, who did you pick in your preview uh, for your, your predictions? Did you pick Vegas or did you pick uh, Winnipeg? I'm like, Winnipeg. I'm like, you want to talk about, you know, a tough division. Winnipeg had to come out of the Central. I mean, Vegas came out of, the, you know, a much weaker Pacific division. And, yeah, the Sharks are all right. But Winnipeg stacked, and they were running hot. They got a great goalie. I mean, things finally turned around for them. All those guys they drafted and are finally coming around, and everyone's like, okay, cool. This is the Winnipeg team we're waiting to see. And the Knights, you're like, wait a minute. If you shut down the top line, you're good, right? And not happening. Uh, The Knights are just able to keep up with them. I I don't know what it is. Players were asked if it was the Vegas flu, but I got laughed at, man, for saying that uh, the house is finally going to lose in the third round. Like, dude, you can't bet against them. Just just roll with them. They're going to win. I just can't yeah, believe it. I mean, it's insane. We were talking about this before the show when we were just doing some notes and stuff and talking about, you know, if Mark andre Fleury continues to play like this and say, I mean, even if it's Tampa or if it's if it's Washington in the Stanley Cup final, and if they end up losing but he ends up playing well and his numbers are still relatively close to what they are now, like he's got a save percentage of 945 and a goals against average of 1.7 this far into the playoffs – if those stay somewhat similar, he has a chance to win the Conn Smythe even if Vegas loses. I mean, we've only seen it happen five times. Four of those five times in history have been goaltenders. It really, and J.S. Shiger is one of the ones who ended up winning it while losing the Stanley Cup. That could be a possibility. I mean, Kuznetsov is leading uh, the, the playoffs in points with 21. Obi's right behind him with 20. Um, and then, you know, Tampa, it's, it's Stamkos and Kutra. I mean, if it's Tampa Bay... And he continues to play well. I think it, it, he's probably going to win the Smythe. I, I don't see anybody who's gone well and above and beyond. Maybe Vasilevsky, but even his numbers aren't that great on Tampa Bay to really warrant a Smythe unless they blow up in, in, the, in the Stanley Cup final. So we could very well see that, honestly. I mean, he's been the best player for any team in the playoffs so far. You know, there's some guys who are close. Mark Scheifele's carried the load for for Washington, or sorry, for Winnipeg. Like I said, Kuznetsov and Ovechkin have been great, but Mark andre Fleury has been the story of the playoffs, and you know, when we talked about it in our preview, everybody talked about it. If the, the Knights are going to go far, they need to rely on the guy who's had the most experience in the postseason, which is Marc-Andre Fleury, and he's done it. It's been unbelievable. That Wednesday night save, those two saves, oh, yeah. unreal. Line A hitting the post, then Fleury rubbing the post. And then uh, shout-out to Fleury for uh, giving Blake Wheeler a wet wheelie. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, Put yeah, his I finger in his ear. <laughs> and everyone's all upset, like, oh, is this just as bad as Brad, or as, as Brad Marshall? I'm like, no, it's not. The guy licked someone's face. Like yeah. up his face Multiple twice. Times. <laughs> like, like, dude, this is nothing. Like one time, like one time, you can be like, all right, whatever. He licked them. It was weird, but like, it's like Lance Stevenson blowing LeBron's ear. Like, you can just blow it off, and it's like whatever. But it's like whatever. And then, like, man, you do it like, multiple times. It's like, hey, that's that's getting awkward. Like, there's there's guys like that in every league, though. Like I just like mentioned, Lance Stevenson is that guy in the NBA, and like Brad Marchand is that guy in the NHL. So I mean, there's guys like that all over the place. There's just those guys who live to do that and they tend they kind of take it too far like sean avery was a guy who took it too far on multiple occasions when he was in the nhl so there's always that guy all right so real quick man what are your money picks uh you got you got vegas winning the series or winnipeg i mean throughout your prediction who's winning the series man it it, it all depends on tonight's game honestly like, like oh it's cheap <laughs> like I, i'm still gonna go with my pick and say winnipeg i think they're gonna turn it around tonight and win this game um and, and then if it's 2-2, I think they can they can win it. But, I mean, if Vegas wins tonight, I, it's pretty much over. Still gonna, I'm still going to side with Winnipeg because I feel like they're the better team. They're the deeper team. I feel like they've got guys like Mark Shifley 
and uh, Blake Wheeler, Patrick Line, Kyle Connor, all these guys who can hurt you. I think they, they can turn it around, but not in a good spot right now, honestly. I mean, down one nothing in game four, down two one in the series. They're gonna need a, a big push here to, to turn <laughs> to turn it around. And and for the other series, I'm still gonna go Caps. I think Ovi and Kuznetsov have been so good. Holtby has been probably the second best goalie in the playoffs so far, and they didn't even start him. I mean, they started Grubauer, which is insane, but. I think they're going to pull it out. Uh, you know, I, I really want to see Obi get his cup, and I, I feel like them getting past the second round was huge for them. You know, it, it's unbelievable they're up two nothing, and now they lost both games at home. But um, I just, I just feel like they're going to pull it out. I feel like I'm just going to do reverse psychology here. I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and uh, and just say that I feel like uh, Vegas is going to win their series against the Jets, and Tampa Bay is going to win their series against uh, the Caps. And I was wrong. And uh, maybe I'll try to be right that way. Maybe, maybe luck will go backwards for me, and I'll still see Ovi go to the cup final against uh, Winnipeg Jets here. But I, I got to say, I wouldn't be disappointed if Vegas went. I mean, it's exciting. It's a story. Yeah. What I mean, what a hell of a job the NHL. I mean, not many times, if you guys know me, am I optimistic about things that go on in the NHL when it comes from a, a management or marketing perspective from the front offices. But, my God, I mean, they made a laughing stock out of every betting person in the world when they said they were going to put a competitive team in Vegas and then you saw the roster that McPhee put together, you were just like, okay, dude. Yeah. All right. You got some like <laughs> nice middle six guys, but you really think wild bills going to score 40 goals this year. Uh, yeah, he did. Um, cool. You really think a washed up Mark Andre Fleury is going to, you know, provide uh, some great goaltending. Oh yeah. Look, he did. So wrong, wrong, wrong everywhere. But uh, so yeah, I can't be too mad if they go to the final, but I, I just got to see Obi win, man. That's yeah. I really wanted to get that cup. What do you think of their opening ceremonies? Like, uh, oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's people hilarious. are just starting noticing them now because they're in the playoffs and they're doing well. But they like call out everybody who said something about them uh, in their opening series. Like the first thing they start with is all these quotes. Like Drew Doughty's like one quote where saying like they won't be above us in the standings at uh, at the, the, so good, the season. And like one guy, there was a quote about one guy saying like how a team in the desert is never gonna work. And they just like plug all those in, and then they just have like a like a Vegas-esque type of like, ceremony and setup. It, it's really cool. I mean, it, you know, it's corny like every other NHL Oh, dude, yeah. Thing, I, I mean, still. everyone's got to understand, like, there's a, there's a cheesiness about Vegas, like the over-the-topness of things, and I think they're playing on that. I mean, yeah. we all know, like, the, the night fighting a guy on the ice. Like, they know it's ridiculous. They got smart <laughs> people there running their marketing team. They're yeah. not idiots. Um, their Twitter sometimes I feel like is way over the top, and they've gotten in trouble over the season. Yeah. doesn't mean they're not good. They're still pretty funny. Um, I feel like they were trying really hard to be better than the LA Kings uh, Twitter account, and they've, they've beat them a few times. So they're not dumb. I, they know it's cheeky and, and cheesy, and, and people are going to laugh at it, but they don't care, man. It's like they're talking about. They were the uh, basically the aisle of the misfit toys. You know, Nobody wants them. They're the, the, the misfits, and they're coming together, and they all got chips on their shoulder, and, dude, they're winning. So it's hard to, hard to hate against yeah. that. People who don't like them, I get it because you wanted the Ducks to go or I get it because you wanted the Kings to go or you wanted the Sharks to go or whatever. But, dude, you got to tip your hat to them, man. They're sticking around. They're, they're just, they won't go away. So we'll to see what happens with that. But yeah. uh, I mean, the only thing for me is I think their fans are going to be insufferable if they win a cup in their first year. Like, no matter what happens in that franchise, so now they, they could suck for like 10 years straight. But they're always going to be like, oh, we won a cup in our first year. So 
eat that. Like, <laughs> I feel like yeah, but like just, like thirty years the down the road, what are they gonna say? Like, oh, we haven't won a cup in thirty years. You're like, yeah, okay, but, yeah, uh, we won it in our first year. And nobody <laughs> expected us to win it, and there'll be like some teams that we have more cups than you do. So. That's everybody. Oh, I, I know, I hear you, but you know, it's like you. it could like it could backfire. Like they could be. Like, it's gonna really, happen, or at least for like five years, if they win it, they're gonna be like really insufferable to listen to. Which I mean, whatever. I mean, they deserve it. They everybody thought they were gonna suck. And then they come into this year and they're good. So, so I'll insufferable like Sharks fans, but actually what? with a win. Just well, throwing that out there well, too. More like, yeah, more like Kings fans, where they all like they talk about the four years they were successful for, and how they won two cups, and then that's it. Or, the, the, or like some of our Ducks league. fans, the whole "we won first thing. Come on, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta bust yeah. our balls too, man. But that's what that's lots of fans back. are it's that way. We have, we have to. I mean, everybody has their their go to line. That's our go to line. We got to say that. So that's all we have. We got to say we want <laughs> it all first we got. because they have two. We have one. So we got to say we want it first. Like what else are we gonna say? <laughs> yeah, nothing. Can't say anything about it. <laughs> but uh, so hey, man, what, let's tell everybody what we're planning on doing here. We got um, the end of the Stanley Cup coming around, or the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs coming around here in a little bit. But then we have uh, the draft to look forward to, which we could cover if people want to hear it. We could talk about. I know you might be doing that on your other show, and I'll be doing that with Jay. But it doesn't mean we can't do it. Um, what are you? What are your thoughts on future content, my friend? Well, we, we're we're gonna do. I don't know about a show. Like maybe we'll think about doing a draft preview show. We'll see. Um, I think that's gonna be the most likely thing. I and mean, obviously, we'll review their picks after. Um, we're, we're in the works of lining up uh, a guest for the draft preview show. Um, who knows a lot more about prospects than we do. Uh, so that will be a little bit more fun to, to hear them talk about who the Ducks could draft. But, yeah, I mean, we got to avoid trying to be, be too similar, but I think it'll be fun. I mean, like I said, you, you know what's what's in the works, and we're trying to line up somebody to, to come on for that show, and that will be fun to listen to. So definitely have a draft show. Definitely do something after the draft talking about who they drafted. You know, we'll we'll be back for free agency as well. and so we'll be around. We'll be around more than we were after the regular season to now. We'll have a couple of shows leading up to the draft and after and leading up into free agency. And then hopefully we can kick things into gear at the start of next season, bring back Forever Mighty Three Stars, bring back the post-game show, hopefully have some new things that we're working on. It'll be fun. So it'll be fun to stick around. It was great to get back and get back into the mix with the, with the interview with Max Jones too. Yeah, man, and we're well over an hour, right? I mean, at least it's not two thirty in the in the morning for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the plus <laughs> side. It's only nine fifteen where you're at. But uh, want to thank everybody for tuning in um, and commenting. Still, we didn't we didn't get a ton of people. We realized we did it at a, a prime time for California traffic, um, especially Southern California here. So we understand. But uh, those who tuned in live or who were able to, we we love you guys. And those who download this, obviously, we love you guys too. Everyone who participates on Twitter and all. That's great. Oh, and that, wait, speaking of to, which, we have yeah, a giveaway. <laughs> I have a giveaway. I'm glad I started talking because, uh, or about, about social media, and that we reminded me too. It, I, and we almost yeah. forgot. <laughs> so we got a giveaway here. It's a it's a gift card for Cool Hockey, right? Yes. All right, man. So do you have the uh, the papers in the hat, or or how how are you uh, how are you going to randomize this? I am literally just using. A, uh, we have the three on Twitter, as you saw. We had Kestrel Scott, uh, Nick Mastek, and uh, McCann Sanford on Twitter. So I will just pop a little random number generator here between one and three. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Let's see. All right. All right, so we got the number. 
All well, right. This isn't as dramatic as you thought because we almost forgot about it. But uh... yeah, if I could do a drum a drum roll noise, <laughs> I would. But I, I'm not that uh, talented. I'm not a fully artist. So sorry if the three of you are waiting literally to the end of the show to find out who won. <laughs> <I almost> forgot. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, the winner of the fifty dollar gift card for Cool Hockey, so you get yourself a nice jersey. Is Eddie is... Joe? How did you win? Yeah, I know. Right? I was, I... You were in the mix for that. No, <laughs> it was. Uh, McCann is right. So McCann is right is his Twitter handle, which is McCann Sanford. Uh, he was the he, he entered through Instagram, so he is the winner of the fifty dollars gift card. I don't know if he's listening right now, but I'm sure we'll get in contact with him. So congratulations, McCann is right that you have won the fifty dollars gift card for Cool Hockey. You can go out and grab yourself a nice jersey, Cool Hockey. They have great stuff there, uh, and and we'll be back with more stuff from them at the beginning of next season because hockey season is over. So we'll be doing more stuff. Uh, through Forever Mighty Three Stars with them, so we're giving away more gift cards and jerseys, so stay tuned for that as well. Yeah, shout out to Cool Hockey for helping us out and, and sponsoring the show with giveaways. That's so cool. It's it's great to be able to do that and 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 uh, have them be on our show like that and, and help us out with giveaways and we promote them and they promoted us. So it's a uh, it's a great relationship, man. Thanks for setting that up, Eddie. And obviously, I think everyone who's gotten a free jersey or a gift card appreciates you for doing that too. So uh, we'll be back, guys. Check us out on twitter and instagram and facebook stay tuned for all the news coming around from us and we'll talk to you guys again shortly have a great day